Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Wake Up and Grow. I am your host, Natalie Bittinger, and today's episode is titled Our Inheritance. And to start us off, I want to read 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 7 with you. So if you have your Bibles, whether physical or digital, go ahead and turn there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And I'm going to be reading out of the ESV today, in case it sounds different than your version. But here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Alright. So, as I was doing some research for this episode, I had to Google search family inheritance. And when you do that, the definition that is given by the National Institutes of Health is quote it is a process that involves the passing on of material property from one generation to another usually within the family generally from older parents donors to their adult children heirs which is completed after the death of the older generation unquote i also happen to get multiple contact information pages of lawyers within that field but anyway <laughs> So within our modern times, the inheritance we expect to receive from those older generation donors tends to be in the form of money, property or land, estates and houses, businesses, family heirlooms, etc. We expect tangible physical things that we see value in and potentially may add value to our own lives. But the inheritance that is talked about here in 1 Peter is a bit different than our modern expectations. And the Bible throughout both Old and New Testament mentions several things that are inherited by children from their fathers or forefathers as the Bible describes them. And most and some of the most prevalent things we see inherited are sin and sinful nature the punishment and consequences of that sin and the land or the promised land as you see with you know Abraham and his descendants but there are also the things that we inherit from God that are mentioned in the Bible multiple times and just to name a few of them we have heaven slash eternity We have his love, his presence, or the Holy Spirit, 
his mercy and grace, his promises, and being made in his image, you know, his qualities through that, that we see in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. We have the power and authority of his Holy Spirit, which is described in John chapter 10, verse 19, which... I'd like to go ahead and read that too. I'm sorry, not John 10, 19, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. We also receive his protection and provision, his guidance, and his victory, which has been which has been secured in the battle that he is currently fighting for us. Now, normally, when it comes to children inheriting these things, there must be proof that those children are either biologically or legally adopted and belonging to the deceased. And they have to prove that in order to receive anything upon their parents' death. And I could go into further detail about how if there's a surviving spouse that divides up the inheritance, but that's not pertinent to this episode because our relationship with God is that we are his children. We are adopted as God's children through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His blood which was shed for our salvation, makes us co-heirs with him in his Father's inheritance. In other words, we receive the same things that Jesus received from his Father while he was in human flesh. The earthly inheritance that we will receive from our parents or grandparents, whomever, it won't last like the inheritance that we receive from God will. And that's that's stated in those first section of verses that I read, first Peter chapter one verses three through five. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The money we may receive here on earth will be spent. Property and land are used up. Homes deteriorate or are destroyed by disasters. Same with the land and property. Heirlooms or other possessions can break. Uh, they can get lost and lose their value to us over time. Heaven and eternity will never go away. God's love is infinite and unconditional. God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at all times. He can't, we can't go anywhere 
without him being with us. His mercy and grace are never ending. He never breaks his promises. God is always protecting and providing for us. And he is ready to reveal to us where he would have us go if we would listen and obey. He has already claimed victory over death, hell, and the grave, stripping Satan of any power that he thought he had. And he will always be a part of us, whether we pursue him or not, because we were made in his image. Another aspect of earthly inheritance is that the children of the deceased will all receive an equal portion of whatever is being inherited. Take for example money. Unless the deceased has specified differently in their will and testament, obviously. And the main difference between this type of inheritance and our inheritance from God is that we will all receive 100% of his gifts to us. He doesn't have to divide it among his children saying something like, uh, so-and-so gets 30%, so-and-so gets 25%, and then you'll get 65%. We all receive a full measure of God's love, grace, mercy, protection, provision, victory, etc. He holds none of himself back from us. And lastly, the, the biggest difference between earthly inheritance and godly inheritance is that the individual, the donor, that is giving out the inheritance, in this case God, is not dead. Within earthly inheritance, we are forced to wait until the individual is deceased to inherit some of those things that they promised us. I understand this isn't always the case, but for the most part it is. For example, I couldn't receive my great-grandma's tea set until after she had passed because she was still using it and displaying it in her home. Same goes with property and money, usually. But with that being said, there are some blessings that we can't receive from God until we are spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically ready for them. And thankfully, he knows exactly when to give us those blessings. But we can receive a full measure of our godly inheritance right here and now. And these things that we inherit from him, they're renewed continually and constantly. They come from a spring that never runs dry. They're endless in their supply. And yes, I made that rhyme on purpose. The idea that we can use up all of God's love, grace, and mercy for us is unfortunately popular and widely believed. There is nothing we can do to separate us from his love. He is love. And he can't deny or change himself. Once we are adopted into his family through the blood of Christ, he cannot, out of his love for us, remove us from his inheritance. However, we can remove ourselves via sin. 
when we sin, we are actively denying God's inheritance. We're basically telling him, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want your inheritance. I don't want what you have for me. I would rather fend for myself. And out of his love, because he will never force us to accept his inheritance or his salvation, he says, he basically is saying, okay, but please understand that without me, you will fail. And like the prodigal son, when we sin, we wander off and away. We squander and ruin the gifts we've already received as his creation, as humans. For example, life, um, human intelligence, creativity, a wide range of emotions, free will, etc. The list could go on. But thankfully, like the father of the prodigal son, God is willing to restore our portion of his inheritance to us if we simply return to his side, repent, obey, and accept that inheritance again. And if I could read that story to you from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24, I would like to. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with this hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate. The last of the verses in First Peter that I read earlier, verses 6 and 7, are important to remember in conjunction with the previous verses. 
regarding our inheritance that we receive. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Some of us may feel as if we haven't received any inheritance from God, and we may feel as if we've been hit by trial after trial in life. If this is you, please first understand that God is not causing these trials. They are a direct result of the sin that has saturated our world today. Second, know that having a quote-unquote perfect and happy life does not mean you are inheriting anything from God. That inheritance from God comes only through the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ, nothing else. So know that if you're seeing, you know, all these happy and great posts other people are making on social media, or, you know, that happy and always joyful facade in life, understand that that may not mean that they are inheriting anything from God, unless they are saved, unless they are a child of God. That's the only way that you can inherit this. Third, remember that this inheritance is far more valuable, far more valuable than anything we could gain here on earth. His inheritance isn't hindered or inhibited by our circumstances or the trials we face. We will still receive his inheritance in this life and the next. I know this episode was kind of a short one, but I'd like to close this out by reading that passage of scripture from 1 Peter again, just as a reminder, and to keep it on your mind the rest of the week. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I encourage you this week to kind of take stock and recognize the portions of God's inheritance that you have already received and look forward to the portions that you will be receiving as a child of God in the future, here and in heaven. Mm -hmm. 
I want to thank you again for listening and remind you that Wake Up and Grow releases episodes bi-weekly. This is every other Monday. And I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow a follow on Instagram at Podcast. That's spelled W-U-G podcast. And go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie Benninger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.